Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to a very special episode of Late Night Drive. We have a great guest today. She is an incredibly creative TikTok creator. She's got her own podcast. She is an inspiration to a lot of young people. And I think she has such an incredible work ethic. I love the stuff she makes and I trust her advice as much as I trust my own. So let's all give a very warm Late Night Drive welcome to Eli Rallo. Hello. That was so kind. Oh my (laughs) God. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so happy we made this work. I, you, you guys obviously were not here to hear this, but it took me about, yeah, there was about 20 minutes of me being like, I don't know if the Zoom's going to work. We, we, we made it happen. We made it happen because we're women in STEM and, you know, we're the backbone of the tech community. Asian, like that's all we can do. <laughs> okay. So we are going to have some great DMs that I got from you guys, but you guys know the drill. We're going to start with our questions. Okay. So your like username is the jar on TikTok. Why do you go like, why is that your username? Because your name is Eli. Yes. So funny. And I've considered changing it so many times, but I was not trying to go viral on TikTok. I would be lying if I said that if someone was like, you can go viral, like I would have taken the opportunity. Like I, I love it. But of course I was just messing around over quarantine with my brothers and I have a gluten allergy. And so like growing up, my family had this jar of like snacks that like I could eat from like, whatever take snacks from because my brothers don't have the allergy. And so one day in like deep quarantine, like I'm talking like everybody's like fucked up off this quarantine. Like we're in the house drinking on a Tuesday at three. Like right. we decided to make like a video of us refilling it to like a rap song. It was so stupid. And I meant to post it on private. So it downloads my phone and I could just send it to my friends because they like know about this jar because like they grew up with me. But I accidentally just posted it. And when I like got back on my phone, it, w- it went so viral. And everyone was like, what is this? Like literally, <laughs> I had like 15,000 followers. I was like, what the fuck? So I ran with that for a little bit. And then like slowly, people started asking me questions about my life. And I, I'm so grateful because a lot of people will ask me like, how did you pivot so gracefully like away from that? It definitely took time. And I think just like honesty. And there was like a lot of times that I felt so stuck. But I'm not going to change the username because I think it's like, it's sort of similar to like wash your pillowcases. Like, okay, I know that's Kat because like Kat and I are mutuals, but that's her like username. Everyone's like, oh, that's wash your pillowcases. Did you see her video? It's kind of fun to have like that kitschy like username that isn't your actual name. And then like the diehard followers will follow me on Insta and they'll know my real name. 
I think it's funny. I mean, I've thought about changing my Twitter username so many times, but it's like, I'm holy schnit. Like, that's just what it's been since I was 15. Like, I can't change that at this point. Like, it's a little piece of, you know, of me. Yeah, it's like it's like a becoming. So that is question number one was what's your name? But I wanted to know about your username. So it's Eli Rallo. Do you have a middle name? I do. And it's an old lady middle name. And it's so funny. <laughs> So my middle name is Gail, which was my dad. And I was like the first grandchild and she had passed away. Oh, so you had to have it. Yeah. My mom was worried that he was going to be like, let's name her Gail. And my mom was like, we're not doing that. So my mom was like, let's make the middle name that. Oh, your mom had it in the bag. <laughs> he was like, I'm not naming my daughter that, but I understand that it's important and needs to be part of this. So I'm just going to offer it as the middle name. And then it's off the table. So that's that's the story of that. It's <laughs> funny, Gail. Wait, Gail. I mean, I guess you could have been Abigail. Yeah. Yeah. Right? It could have been, been something. It could have been not so. No, but we love we love Gail. We love a little old lady name. Every <laughs> have you seen old lady names are like making a, a comeback like in a big way? Yes. Like Eleanor and like all of those names. I have seen the name Eleanor in like 55 different places. Everybody thinks that's my name. Really? Like everyone thinks that's my full name. And people like not shortening it, just going full Eleanor. It's pretty. Yeah. Or like Taylor Swift with her Marjorie stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, Marjorie is a pretty name. It's such a pretty name. And it, it sound, kind of sounds like old lady, but we love it. I like my mom's a preschool teacher. So I nannied for a lot of like little, little kids. And I was growing up and like, they're all like Ruthie, Franny, Josie. And it's like, that's so cute. Like a little, little baby with like an old lady name. It's perfect. I love it. Okay. Question number two. So we know you're a TikToker. But do you go by as like when people ask you, what do you do? Do you say I'm a TikToker? I'm a content creator? Like what would you say your job title is? Yeah, I think it dep- It varies on person to person. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, and I'm sure this happens to you, people will like, I'll like my boyfriend or like a friend will introduce me to one of their friends. And that friend or person already knows what I do, but they still want to ask and be polite. And I can usually touch the vibe when that happens. So I'll just be like, oh, I do social media. Um, But if like an adult is asking me, I'll usually be like, I do content creation. I freelance write. I have a podcast. And then usually adults will be like, how do you monetize that or whatever? But I feel like it's weird because I don't... I do sometimes meet strangers who are like, what do you do? And then I like usually just say what I just said, the same thing I would say to an adult. But I find myself in those situations where like my boyfriend will introduce me to like a friend of his or like a girl he went to college with who like already knows what I do, but she'll still ask. And then I have to like figure out a really non-uncomfortable way to like explain it, even though she already knows. Does that ever happen to you? All the time. It's so awkward every time. Sometimes I just, if I know that they're not going to know what I, who I am or what I do, especially if it's like an adult or an older person, I will lie. Like I straight up will. Straight up will lie. Honestly, like I stand a white lie. Like as long as it's not hurting anyone, we might as well. I mean, like, what are you going to, you're going to fact check me when I say I'm a paralegal? I know you don't know what a paralegal does. But you don't know what a paralegal does? I don't know what a paralegal consulting does. Lo- consulting what? Consultants don't even know what they're consulting. Consulting is a made up job. It really is. My brother's going into it and I'm like, I don't think he knows what it is. He's like in college for consulting. He went to business school and he got a job in consulting. And I'm like, but what are you going to consult? Like who's getting consulting? That's like being a communications major. What are you communicating? Yeah, like what is it that you're communicating? Do you need this degree? Explain to me what it is you need to get a degree in to communicate. I, I need to know. Frankly, I could have used some communication classes in college. Probably me too. Okay, number three, what is your relationship status? So I have a boyfriend of I think a year and like two months. It's wow. funny because nobody, I like in the beginning, 
when we started dating, my TikTok was still a hobby because I was still in grad school and it like wasn't like a big career. So like I was fucking around. Like I didn't really think about it as a brand at all. Um, and so back then he was on it. He was featured a lot. And then once I quit my job, I like kind of like reframed my mindset about like the kind of content that I was creating and also like his own privacy, like as it grew. So it's funny because I'll get asked to come on to like comedy dating shows or like people will pitch me like an idea to be like the bachelorette of New York city because they don't know that I have a boyfriend. Cause I do a really good job of like keeping that part of my life separate. But yeah, we've been dating for like a year and a few months and we met because I matched with his friend on hinge <laughs> and his friend and I just didn't click. Like I, we exchanged socials and stuff, but like we never met, we never clicked. And then months later, his friend reached out to me and was like, can I set you up with my friend? And I was like, okay like I guess like I'm not really <laughs> right now but I'll go and then that ended up being my boyfriend that is so fu- that's a good story and I love a setup I love a setup too I genuinely think like that's the best way like if you're gonna meet someone a setup a setup is necessary because like some people get uncomfortable on dating apps or dating app fatigue and like random strangers mm-hmm. that's weird but a setup like everybody knows someone that they could set up with someone else I don't know anyone that I would let within 500 feet of my friends like <laughs> that is definitely true but I feel like if you got into a group with your friends and you all like said like right, okay, right. hi like whatever you could like maybe make little pairings but I'm also super um, protective of my friends when it comes to men and like they'll always try to hook up yes. with my boyfriend's roommates and I'm like you don't want to do that like trust me <laughs> like I love my male friends but I would never I don't want it to get messy where like my friends are like with my boyfriend's friends and all of a sudden like everyone's fighting and like there's weird tension and all that shit. Like, not worth it. Not worth it. Okay, next question. What is the piece of content or one piece of content or something you've made that you are the proudest of? Oh my gosh, that's such a good question. I think I made a video that was like for the House of Gucci like movie premiere and oh, that yeah. was like one thing that I put a lot of time and energy into because like not that many influencers were invited there and like I kind of felt like a fish out of water slash like very impostery and like in my brain I was like I want this to be really good like I want to do a really good job and I made like one that was like get ready with me and I went through like getting my nails done and like I got a random facial and I like shouted out a bunch of brands and I'm like proud of it because it was all organic like the brand some of the brands comped the stuff but nobody was requiring posting and it like it was just really good for like to show that I could like actually advertise for something. And also like that I, when I put time and energy into things that they come out really great, which is like, I'm such a rusher. Like I rush through things. And so I was like excited that I could like really, that I really sat down and like edited it nicely. Cause it's video editing is hard, especially on TikTok. So hard. I can't even begin to try. Yeah, same with YouTube. I'm like, no, but I remember, I remember those videos. Those are really good. Like I was like living vicariously through you. It was the weirdest like situation I've ever experienced. Like, I don't know (laughs) why I was there. Like the after party was like bizarre. Like it was one of those situations where I was like, I shouldn't be here right now, but I am. Yeah, but we love those situations. We love getting out of our comfort zone. Okay, next question. Number five, who is your biggest inspiration? Oh my gosh, I love that one. I always say like creatively, it's my friends. Like I love to just like spend time with my friends unplugged. And like, I feel like my audience is like the age range of my friends. And so like thinking and listening to like the things that my friends are talking about or like pop culture, like they inspire me so much creatively in that way. And when I was in college, my screenwriting professor always used to tell me like when you go on walks or like when you walk to class, don't listen to music so that you can overhear conversations because it'll make your dialogue better. And so I try to do that even with content, like just unplug while I'm walking so I can like observe. 
Um, but in terms of like professionally, I am obsessed with Drew Barrymore. She's like my favorite. <laughs> and I am like, I was supposed to meet her when I was in Austin for South by, but then my schedule got all wonky because I was there with prime video and they canceled stuff. And so I couldn't meet her, but I'm like, I'm going to do it. She's like my favorite. And I'm just like really inspired by her trajectory. And I think that like her brand now is so like uplifting and positive. So I love her. <laughs> Have you tried any of her beauty stuff, like her like um, her makeup and stuff? Yes. So they sent me the hair tools. And I also have a Dyson. Dyson sent me the Dyson. And comparatively, like they give you a different look. But I don't think that the Drew Barrymore hair tools are like in any way worse than the Dyson. Like the Dyson gives you like big bouncy blowout. And her hair tools give you like beach waves or just like a really nice blow love dry. It's like $40. And then I went and bought the highlighter myself and it's amazing. It's so good. Amazing. I was like, mom, Drew, who made this? Like, this is perfect. Like, I'm obsessed. And it's so, it's like affordable. Her, um, like her cream blushes are beautiful. She's an icon. She's, she really is because she could have gone and gone the other way and made very like prestige brand and, and gone very, um, you know, like a lot of celebrities go and they're like, I want my brand to be very high end and very like inaccessible and she was like no i want it to be affordable and we're like yes drew integrity like i feel like she's real she's a real person big fan of drew barrymore okay question number six what is your favorite meme slash viral tiktok sound at the moment oh that's good i like that okay this is so random but i'm on like toddler and baby tiktok and i love that like pregnancy song the like been pregnant for way too long it's like a pregnancy rap moms of tiktok will do it like right before they give birth i'm like really deep in to like baby tiktok how did you get there i don't know but there's this girl and i'm obsessed with her and it's so it's crazy i go in her rabbit hole every day she guesses influencer and celebrity baby names yes yeah she's amazing and she's like often right she's often right how does she do all that research like this woman is like and she talks so fast and like I think that it's her fault because now I see all the people that she's predicting for. Okay, see, that's interesting. I low-key also kind of want to know. I'm like, did she get it? Like, was is she, she going right? to do it? And I also like, I take who I follow seriously because like, I don't want to be seeing content that I hate. And it took me a second to be like, am I going to follow this girl? And then eventually I was like, okay, you're going back every day to look to like see if she predicted something else you need to her. No, she she's so good. She's so detailed. And I like the names she comes up with too. I'm always like, maybe I'll steal that for my baby one day in 20 years when I have a baby. <laughs> I'm a little bit on baby talk because of Scout and Violet. Oh my I, God, it was her birthday. It was, they're one years old, one year old. And then Maya was crying in her like recent <sighs> TikTok last night. And I was just like, I love you. <laughs> I know. I was watching it. My mom's in town, which is a whole thing. But my mom's in town. And last night I was like, oh, shoot, I haven't looked at TikTok all day. I have to check on my children. And I know that people get weird when you're like, those kids are my kids. Obviously, I know they're not my kids. I have nothing to do with those babies. But at the same time, like, I want to see what their first birthday was like. It does always say like, these are TikTok's babies. These are our babies. Like, I don't think that she shies away from that. Like, she's no, not not at all. Also, they bring us joy. Like, I'm so joyful when I watch those children. Yeah, they're so happy. Like, they're so squishy. And they've got those big chubby baby cheeks. Oh, I love them. I sort of have baby fever. Like, I, I don't want a baby, to be clear. But I would like one of my friends to have a baby. Like, <laughs> I always say that. Or just, like, the attention of, like, having one for, like, a minute. And then being mm-hmm. like, all right, we're good now. Like, to hold a baby. Like, to, mm-hmm. to be hanging out with Maya and Scout and Violet for, like, an hour. That would be a perfect amount of time. 
a yes. perfect afternoon. It's <laughs> like perfect afternoon. My ideal afternoon. Just hang out with uh, two babies and a mom. <laughs> she's like our age, Maya. She's like 23, like fully 23. I-, I think she's like very young. She might be my age. She might be 25, but she's she's like very young. I'm honestly like, she's such a good mom. I know. It's crazy. And I'm like, it, I like you you inspire me. Because I know that I'm not like would not be like that. Like I'm not patient. I'd be like, can you shut the fuck up? <laughs> no, I'm not patient at all. I used to nanny for a little bit when I first moved to New York for an infant. And like I loved this infant with all my heart, but when she would cry, I would be like, This is like I can't do this. I could never do this. I'm not patient Mm-mm. enough. Mm-mm. I was a newborn nanny for a, a minute. And so like this is like a seven day old baby that I'm like oh my God in charge of this like noodle that like it's like literally this big a loaf of bread yeah if you move it the wrong way it's dead like <laughs> you're like what the fuck and it was a lot it's a lot i mean mostly they sleep and cry and poop but like it's it's a lot it's a lot yeah your arms get sore anyway um <laughs> okay number seven this is very important if you were an animal what animal would you be i want to be very clear this is not your favorite animal okay this is what you are internally. What animal are you? That's such a good question. Oh, my God. <laughs> Thank you for saying all my questions are good questions. <laughs> oh, good. It's like such a thoughtful question. <sighs> okay. I think probably, which is so funny because I'm not tall, but I think probably a giraffe because I love how they just like stand in the sun and like slowly walk around. I feel like they appreciate nature and I love to be outside. And I also just am obsessed with the fact that Giraffes and ostriches like share a pen at the zoo because they cohabitate like they're friends. Do they? They do. Those breeds are like the two breeds that are like friends enough that they can be in the same like pen. It's the next. It's the next. And I think like I love how social they're social with them. Like they're social with other animals and they don't like hide. Like they, they like to like see people and put on a little show when you go to the zoo, like walk around. So probably a giraffe. Not my favorite animal, but I think that's who I'd be. No, I get that for you. I really do see that for you. Like you just sunning in like a beautiful field surrounded by ostriches. Yeah, I see that for you. Have you ever heard about a giraffe? Like what sound they make? No. I, this is like a very weird thing about me, but like, (laughs) I like really love nature documentaries. I know that's like a pretty common thing, but like I was obsessed with like giraffes as a kid, like in like high school. And giraffe sound, it's a weird sound because they, they have, they don't really have vocal cords, you understand, because it's just that long tube. So they just go like, <laughs> they just go like, like, that's their noise. Like, like they don't, weird noise. that's just their noise. I'm obsessed. That's their thing. Now you know what a giraffe sounds like. Thank you for educating me. You're so welcome. I'm glad we could learn something today. Um, okay, number eight. Do you think you could take a giraffe in a cage match? I'm not saying morally or ethically. Like I'm saying like, could you do it? If you had to life or death, could you take down a giraffe? No, only because (laughs) I'm so non-confrontational as a person. Mm. And I think I'm the kind of person that like, you know, when you see like a horror movie and like the girl's getting chased and she like ducks away and like goes in an air vent, I would rather them kill me. Like (laughs) I couldn't deal with them looking around for me. Like I, I would, if someone was chasing me, I'd be like, all right, because I am just so non-confrontational. <laughs> and I think if a giraffe was charging at me, I would probably just like curl myself into a ball. Like, I don't know if I would be able to like deal with like, also, they're so big. They're so big. They're so fast too. Yeah. 
You know that video? Yeah, sprinting giraffe. No, I would not be able to take a giraffe for my life. That is a terrifying video. They're like in the car and the giraffe just keeps coming around the back of the corner. Oh, that scares the shit out of me. So like, no, I could not take a giraffe. But they do have those like spindly little legs. Like maybe you could kind of like trip it. Like if you tripped it. Like if I was going to go for it, I think you would have to trip it or like get it behind the legs. Yeah, because I don't... I don't think they can get up. Like, if you trip it, I think it can't get up by itself. I think it needs help. That's why they sleep standing up. So I actually think that you're right on that. So if you were smart about it, I think you could get it down, and then it's a done deal. Yeah, I yeah, I actually agree with you. I might take back and say maybe, <laughs> depending on the giraffe. Well, I like to think of it like if it's like a sentient giraffe, and it knows that its goal is then to take you down, like, could you, yeah. could you do it? So I told Michaela that what my friend Michaela, I had her on the, she was my first guest and I explained to her, but I want to explain to her why I asked that. I want to explain to you why I asked that question because I've only had women guests and the women so far have all said, no, I don't think I could take the animal. I'm 100% sure if I had a male guest on, he would say, yes, I could take the animal no matter what the animal is. Oh, for sure. It does not matter what the animal is. Nope. I guarantee you any male would be like, yeah, I'm fine. When? I'll do it right now. Immediately. It's my social experiment. I like, could you take an animal in a cage match? Every man is going to say, yes, I absolutely could. <laughs> totally. If I ever have a man on the podcast, we'll see. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, next question, number nine. What is one piece of advice you wish everyone could hear? A quick piece of advice, couple words, like a sentence, like what's something you just live by, simple, easy, go. Um, it's called, it's not called, it is Be Still and Wait. And it was told to me by a witch and a psychic who was reading my tarot. And she was like, I know you're going through a hard time right now, but you need to be still and wait. And like good things come to people who are still and they wait. And to me, that just means like taking control of your own life and living it and like waiting for the good things to come. And I just, it like literally changed my perspective on everything that I didn't need to be like trying so hard that I could just like be living and be happy and like good things would come. No, I definitely think sometimes standing still is the right move. Like sometimes you need to like almost have a hard reset and be like, okay, let me just take a minute. Take stock. Well, let me just like relax into this. Oh, you went to a witch? Where did you meet a witch? So it's so random. But when I was doing my journalism program, they made us do a video like essay on like a person that was cool and so I like googled like witches and celebrity psychics like forever and then I found her and I went in and I ended up spending like four hours there in her little Italy apartment that has not been refurbished since like literally 1960s she told me all these crazy stories about like doing acid and like summoning Satan it was kind of weird but like this woman was whack and like then she read my tarot (laughs) I wasn't scared of her she was like five feet tall and like 75 but like she definitely is like connected in a weird way. And then she read my tarot and that's what she said to me. And I always, I repeat it all the time because I think it's like the best oh, mantra. That, I mean, it's really good advice to be fair. I think that's so funny though. Like you had, you met a five foot tall, 75 year old witch and she gave you great advice. I know. She changed my life for the better. That's going to be me. I think that'll be the career path I pivot to like when I'm 75. That'll be me. Yeah, that'll be you. You'll be up in that little little Italy apartment. My, I'll take it over. We're making tea. <laughs> yeah. Oh my! Literally, this could be my life. Like I would enjoy that. Yeah. No, she it. was happy. She had all these trinkets in there. She was vibing. Do you think she was ever married or like? So she told me another thing that about dating that I thought was so brilliant. She was like, 
I get bored easily and I don't date or go into relationships or sleep with people for the idea of forever or for marriage. Like I think relationships can have very different reasons of existing that don't have to be forever. And she was like, when I was just done with something, I, I would leave it and take away like that lesson. I wouldn't take away like, oh, we broke up. Oh, my heart's broken. Oh, I'm never getting married. I would just take away the lessons that person taught me. And so she kind of just like would vibe. Like she just never got fully married. She was just like having sex with like hippies in the 70s. And then like, she was just so cool. She's going to live to like 120. No, she seriously will. Terry. Her name was Terry. Terry. Good for Terry. I always feel, you know, like you, they have interviews with people who are like 102 and they're like, what's your secret to living a long time? And they're always like, don't get married. Stay away from men. (laughs) They're always like, just never marry and don't touch a man. And you're like, okay, so I'm (laughs) great. I'm going to die like next week. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Okay. Last question. And and it's very, very important. Please take it seriously. How was your weekend? Well, actually it was really good. So random, but when I was 18 I got a breast reduction and for five years so for five years my nipples have been like really fucking weird like they're placed really high on my chest because of a mess up that happened wait what do you mean (laughs) picture if I wore a bra that was like my regular size you would like see the top of the nipple coming out of it or a bathing suit or a top like oh like really high really high and that happens to some people who get reductions of the size that I went down from wait what size were you can I ask yeah I was like a probably like an F or a G. And then I went down to like a big B, small C size. It's just like when you're taking eight pounds of fat off someone's chest, like it's bound to sometimes get fucked up. So for five years, I've been putting off getting it fixed. And then I got it fixed on Monday. And so this weekend I was just at home. I'm in my childhood home right now, but my boyfriend came and we like played house. We were like home alone and my parents um, were out of town until it was like literally cooked in my parents' kitchen. We like had the whole house to ourselves. It was kind of nice. And also, like, I felt like I really unplugged because I had to, like, you know, get a procedure done. But luckily, no more nip slips for me. So we're feeling good. Amazing. And, like, was it easy? Like, not a hard surgery? Like, Yeah, no, no. Comparatively, like, I think a lot of people would be like, a two-hour surgery? That's crazy. But, like, my surgery to take the eight off my chest was six hours. Like, six full hours. Like, coming out of that anesthesia was horrible. So this was, like, fine. How good did it feel, like, getting your reduction? Like, was it, like, life-changing? It was seriously. I think that the like the first day I was like, Oh my God, this isn't my body. But then like, I think I gave it a month and I was wearing like clothes that like actually looked good for the first time. And I was like, yeah, I look like so much lighter. Like I just like feel not even like weight lighter, not even like my chest feels lighter. Like I feel lighter as a person, like my insides, like I felt so much emotional stability all of a sudden. Cause I was like, so they were distressing emotionally and mentally. So I felt so much better. I like urge anyone who wants one to do it. And also just know that your nipples might turn out fucked up and then you have to get them fixed. <laughs> but we got them fixed. No more nip slips. We're so good now. We're so good. We're so good. The girls are looking fantastic. They really are. My friends keep texting me and they're like, what's the update? Can you send a nude? I'm like, I cannot send a nude with these stitches. Like no one wants that. Right, 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 right. We don't want Frankenstein boobs right now. Hold on. Give it a second. No one wants that. <laughs> Wow, that's something I like never would have thought of because I'm not chestily gifted in that way. (laughs) The grass is always greener because I wish like I wish I just had A's. No, I know. Well, I'll tell you this. I used to be like completely flat chested, like completely, like literally no boob, like nothing through until I was like 21. And then out of nowhere, I went up like two cup sizes and I was like, what is this? (laughs) The thing that the COVID vaccine made their boobs grow. The COVID, it didn't make my boobs grow. It made my period weird. Really? Did it make your period weird? 
I don't think it made my period weird, but I heard so many stories about that and the boob growing thing. Me I too. like the girl was telling me that like she didn't gain any weight whatsoever, and one day all of a sudden her boobs grew two sizes, and like none of her bra. So fit. weird. I mean, great side effect if it's going to be a side effect, but like. Also, what I think is so interesting with like medicine, this is completely off topic, but I always think about this, like we all like women anecdotally, people with periods, people with boobs are going to be like, this happened when I got the vaccine and it will not be part of the official side effects. Like it won't. They'll never write it down. And because people like we're all like saying these things and there's like enough women to actually like make it a case, but they're never going to yeah. look into that. Never, because like medicine is so male. Another reason I know medicine is male, I had my appendix removed like actually almost two years ago, <laughs> April 2nd, 2020. <laughs> Literally horrible, height of the pandemic, very traumatic. But I mean, it was fine. I only knew because like I went to the doctor because I, I like just knew something was wrong because I'm, I'm a crazy person. Like I just knew something was wrong. But they always describe appendix pain as like, oh, it's the worst. Like you'll want to die. It's the worst pain in the world. I was like, I have very seriously had cramps that are worse than this. Like, yeah, you're like, my period has been worse than this before. So I know men wrote in the textbook, it's the worst pain ever because like, it's not <laughs> like, it's just not it's simply not medicine was made for men. It was it just simply was. Okay, well, thank you for playing our first 10 questions. Let's get into our two DMs. Today, we're going to talk about embarrassment. And we're going to talk a little bit about sororities. Um, so if you're interested in that, keep on listening. Let's do it. Late Night Drive with Ellie and Michaela is brought to you by BetterHelp. Um, so I love therapy. I have always been a huge advocate for therapy. I've been seeing my therapist for, gosh, going on six years now. So she's basically like a homie, less of a therapist, more of a pal. Just kidding. She actually is really, really good at her job. And I have benefited immensely from therapy. I literally feel... Like, I wouldn't be the woman that I am today if I didn't have therapy as a resource. I think it's so good to help you work through not only like your daily problems and, you know, your work issues or your friend issues, your relationship issues, but also like work through things that have been patterns in your life that maybe you've identified but don't really know how to fix or things like phobias, anxieties, things that you feel like you have a lack of control over. Therapy can be really helpful in making you feel like you do actually have control because you have more control than you think that you do. But I know that it is not easy for everybody to access therapy. And that's why I love today's sponsor, BetterHelp, because, uh, I mean, there are states in America even where there's like two therapists that take insurance, you know, like it's really, really important to have access to mental health and not everybody does. And BetterHelp makes it super, super easy. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give it a try. It is entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So get it off your chest, whatever it is, with BetterHelp. <laughs> Visit betterhelp.com slash LND today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LND. There are some stories about my mom's life that I truly never get tired of hearing. From hilarious to heartfelt, tear-jerking to plot-twisting, her retelling of events always brings me joy. Just in time for Mother's Day, I found the perfect gift that captures all her stories for my family forever. It's called StoryWorth. StoryWorth helps you preserve precious memories and stories from your mother for years to come. 
Here's how it works. Each week, StoryWorth emails your loved one a thought-provoking question that you get to help pick. Like, how do you want to be remembered? Or, what was it like when you first learned how to ride a bike? StoryWorth makes the writing process a breeze. All your loved one needs to do is respond to that email with the story. Long or short, it doesn't matter. You'll be emailed a copy of your loved one's response as they're submitted over the course of the year. You'll get to enjoy their retelling of the stories you already knew, or be surprised by stories you've never heard before. After a year of fun, StoryWorth compiles your loved one's stories and photos into a beautiful keepsake hardcover book that you'll be able to share and revisit for generations to come. I lost three of my four grandparents by the time I was six years old, so knowing that my future children and grandchildren would be able to get to know my parents on a personal level means everything to me. Families love StoryWorth. That's why it has more than 25,000 five-star reviews on Trustpilot, with millions of stories preserved since they were founded over 10 years ago. Give all the moms in your life a unique, heartfelt gift you'll all cherish for years. StoryWorth. Right now, save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com slash Ellie. That's storyworth.com slash Ellie to save $10 on your first purchase. Got the feeling from the start, you might be the guy who'll break my heart. Hello. Hello. Okay, so I got a DM. I'm not going to say the name because they asked me not to. They said... I did something so embarrassing this weekend, so embarrassing I can't even write it down. I literally don't know how I'm going to show my face next weekend or if I can ever hang with these friends again. What do I do? Oh my God, that's a good one. Okay. So first, I'm going to answer this in two ways. If there's alcohol involved in a situation and you embarrass yourself, I promise you people aren't remembering it at the magnitude that you are or they don't remember at all. People are so concerned. And this goes for even if there wasn't alcohol involved, people are so concerned with themselves. Like, you know, when you go out and you're like, does my shirt look okay? Oh my God, my hair is frizzy. People mm-hmm. think that I look ugly. Nobody's thinking that because their thoughts are surrounding the exact same thing for themselves. Like everybody's just so concerned. And if you do something super, super embarrassing and like, you don't know how to play it off, I think you just have to own it and play it off as a joke. Like, I think that if you try to pretend like it didn't happen, you'll feel awkward. And so will the other people involved. But if you actually like look at it as like, oh my God, I did that. LOL. It was so funny. Everyone's going <laughs> to follow suit because usually we like play follow the leader with each other. So like, right. you know, it's the same thing as like when your parents would let you have people over when you were a kid and they were like, you set the example because it's your house. So like, you start messing things up, then they're going to also, I feel like if you make it funny and like a silly little joke, everyone's just going to follow along with you. But at the end of the day, like people are so selfishly concerned with their own bodies and their look and like everything going on with them that they're not probably even thinking about it a third as much as you are. Like if anything at all, like I think 100%. my life, like no one really cares. And people like don't because everybody what I say all the time is like people are so concerned with their own like inner monologue, inner drama, like everyone has shit going on. I 100% guarantee they're just not thinking about you as much as you think they are. But at the same time, like, I mean, like, girl, I like, first of all, I've been there a 100 times, like, (laughs) we've all done like, insanely embarrassing things, especially when it comes to alcohol. I feel like in college, there were plenty of times where I know like I did something embarrassing because I was drunk. Like I said something embarrassing or I tripped in front of everyone or like I just did something stupid. The The way that I found was best for me to kind of play it off was truly in my head thinking, well, whatever it happened, you cannot change the past, but like you can just continue to be yourself. If someone brings it up to you, I definitely agree. Your advice is is spot on. Just be like, LOL, yeah. Oops, I was so fucked up. Ha ha, how funny. You know, like, or, oh my God, I can't believe I said that. Or I can't believe I did that. Like, because people will laugh if you laugh. 
But I honestly would always just be like, you know what? Doesn't matter. Didn't happen. I don't care. Like, <laughs> like I was reading something recently that's saying like, people can make you angry. People can make you happy. People can make you feel sad. People can't make you feel embarrassed. That's a feeling that we like concoct inside of ourselves that we put on ourselves. Like nobody is making you feel embarrassed. You're making yourself feel that. And sometimes it's totally subconscious and you like can't shake it. But like the knowledge is like, that's a feeling that you gave yourself. So it's also a feeling that if you can figure out how to do it, you can turn off. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Because it's it's one of those feelings that like it comes from shame, which we were talking about last week is such a powerful emotion. It always stops people from doing things. It like keeps you from feeling things like shame will keep you down. But shame is not like a like a natural quote unquote emotion. Like it's something you feel, but you feel it because you feel something else. Usually like it's a dirty pain emotion, like clean pain versus dirty pain, clean pain being like I'm sad or I'm hurt or I'm angry and then dirty pain being like and I'm I'm ashamed of that feeling or I'm mad because I'm sad like you're adding something to yourself that you don't need to add like you know the situation happened you don't need to make that situation worse by then also feeling ashamed of yourself absolutely agree because like fuck it first of all things happen second of all if the people in your life are making you feel like ashamed and making you feel like there's something wrong with you because you did something embarrassing one time, they're probably not people you want to keep in your life. They're not good friends because like good friends, something I, because I get bad drinking anxiety. I think we all do. Like, (laughs) but part of that is because I didn't have good friends in college. And when I would get, when I would like do something embarrassing or like make a social faux pas or whatever, like I knew that they would not forgive me or like would make me feel really bad about it. And so now when I do something, I just think to myself, like my friends love me so much. They are not going to stop being my friend just because I did one silly thing. Yeah, they're not going to. Like the people that are your true close friends are going to be there no matter what. And then the people that aren't, you'll see their true colors when you do something embarrassing and then they make you feel bad about it instead of making you feel good about it. Because think about it, like imagine you were not the person who did whatever it is that you did. Imagine it was your best friend that did it. Are you going to look me in the eye right now and tell me that you would go to your best friend and be like, that was so fucking embarrassing. You're gross. I hate you. We're not friends anymore. Yeah, you would never do that. And I always say you have to treat yourself how you treat your best friends. And like, if your best friend is something embarrassing, you'd make her feel better about it. So why can't you do the same thing for yourself? And also in your life that'll do that for you. Like you really are your own best friend. Like, and I love your point about like, no one can make you feel embarrassed. Like you do that to yourself. So it kind of is a choice. Like it kind of is a moment of being like, I'm just going to not feel bad about this because fucking whatever. Part of being human is just like fucking up. Yep. Agree. But I do feel like I do understand that feeling of being like, I don't know if I can ever show my face again. Or even when you're in high school and you like make out with a guy in your group or something like that is like, in those years of life is so mortifying. Valid. <laughs> well, everything is so embarrassing when you're like in high school, even college. Yeah. 18. Everything is embarrassing. Or I used to have to like, if I like hooked up with someone at like a party or something, I used to have to plan in my head because I was like embarrassed about it for like some reason, even though it's not embarrassing. I have to plan in my head. Okay. When I see him, this is what I'm going to say. And me and my friends, we would we'd all do the same thing. So you would go, oh, hey, what's up? oh, hey, what's up? Like rehearse it over and over and over. And it's like, this is something that's not even embarrassing, but it's just because we're 18 that it feels that way. Everything feels like so intense. I can't even remember the last time like I I actually did something where I was like, 
ever like, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed because like, whatever. <laughs> whatever. I've thrown it out. I've thrown out that emotion. I try as, as best I can. And like, it doesn't matter because in a year, you're not going to be like, I can't believe that embarrassing thing I did. Yeah, it's not going to change anything about your life trajectory either. And also like, if it has to do, I, I don't know the situation since she did not give me any like information on it. But if it has to do with a boy, just remember that men pee their pants like three times a day. Literally. They do. They pee their pants every time they go to the bathroom. So you can't do anything more embarrassing than that. <laughs> you literally can't. They're gross creatures. They are disgusting. You're fine. You're literally doing fine. <laughs> doing fine. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the overarching message here. It's going to be fine. It's going to be okay. Just walk into it, head held eye, and be like, whatever, it happened. Laugh it off. Yeah, laugh it off. That's always the best advice. Yeah. All right, let's move into the next one. I just want to be right next to you. But in the middle, right in between. Okay, so this one's you were in Greek life, right? Yes, for two years. Fantastic. Perfect. Okay, so this is the DM that I got. My school had spring rush, and so I just joined a sorority. I'm having mixed feelings, and I'm not sure it's for me. Should I stick it out? I have mixed feelings about this DM. (laughs) Yeah, same. I, you know, I was in it for two years, and like I knew after my freshman year that I wanted out. Mm. Be, but I was living in the house and it was signed and I couldn't get out of it. And so like, I had no choice to stay in for so- sophomore year and I ended up leaving. And like, I personally just don't like Greek life. But I also like, I did meet my best friend, not even just in college, like in the world through my sorority. But we were not, the two of us did not have one other friend in that chapter. So I have like a moral tug of war with all of this because I struggle with it. But I think what I would recommend is sticking it out for one semester because no matter like how much of the abolished Greek life train I might be on, I do understand like the way it can build community. I do understand that specifically for introverted individuals that have a hard time turning to someone in class and being like, what's your name? You know, doing something like that, like it can be so helpful. So I usually recommend girls stick it out for a semester, but if you still don't like it, there's no shame in leaving. Like I left and I made better and more friends when I left. And yes, I'm a confident person, but I'm a very socially anxious person. So if I could do that and make friends without it, you can too. But I would definitely say like a semester, just give it a semester because you don't know, maybe you'll really love it. Like I know some girls that ended up going on to be like on executive positions. And like, is that something I would have ever wanted to do? Or like something I'm like, think is really cool? No, but like it's their life and I'm not going to judge them for that. So like, you never know. Um, my freshman year roommate had like a really hard time her first few weeks in her sorority and then by the end of the semester, she decided she was going to stay in for all four years. So like, you never oh, wow. Yeah, she That's was so interesting. And also she was not the type. Like she was a really chill, cool girl and she didn't even want to rush, but she only was like, okay, let's just rush. And we kind of decided together, let's just do it. And she was upset at first, like, and the first few weeks were really rough for her. And then by the end of the semester, she had made a friend group and she stayed all four years. See, like there are always great stories. Like I do hear things that I'm like, yeah, like I stayed in all four years. Like I did not drop. Like I really... I stayed in um, because I felt almost like trapped at a certain point where it was like, these are my friends. Like, (laughs) even though they're very mean to me with some great exceptions who are still my best friends, like I have to stay here because this is my social life. These are the guys I hang out with. These are the girls I hang out with. Like, this is what I do. This is my identity. And like, so I have mixed feelings about it because on the one hand, like I met two of my absolute best friends, people I will love till the day I die, like wonderful ride or dies. On the other hand, 
a lot of like the trauma and like misery that I experienced in college was because I was a part of a sorority. Same, same thing with me. And I think it's like, I try to explain this a lot because I get a lot of DMs, like not every sorority. And I'm like, of course not. It's of course, it's not every sorority. Like there are a lot of untoxic sororities, but it's built under an umbrella organization that is inherently toxic. And especially for like white women who are like thin and come from like a stable family background, like that's a organization in a space that we're meant to feel comfortable and like coddled and like good. Can you imagine like if you're not in the majority in those ways, like, and you don't have those privileges, like that's a space that you're not meant to feel comfortable. It was created so that you didn't. And I think it's like crazy that it still exists in spite of that. And like, that's kind of where my moral thing comes from because like, yeah, all the hell I went through in college was just because of Greek life. But I also made my best friend and same thing with you, the community, the guys that I was hanging around with all of that stuff. Yes. It really is like a a double-edged sword, kind of like, I don't want to tell you either way, like, because it is a mixed feeling. It's always going to be a mixed feeling. There are wonderful things about Greek life. There are things that, I mean, it's fun going to like parties where you dress up and like the formals. And it's it's nice having a built-in like friend group and built-in social activities, especially if you are like, I am pretty introverted. So like having those things where I didn't have to think about it, I just was like, all right, this is what I'm doing this week. That was really nice. But like, if I were to go back, I don't know. Are you a person who believes that like, because I go back and forth on this, like the bad things that happen to you are good because they make you stronger and make you like a better person? Or are you a person where it's like, why should I have to experience bad things to become strong? Yeah, that is such a, that's a hard one because I think like the adversity I experienced being in Greek life and like the way people like didn't like me and like made me feel ostracized actually led me to become more confident because I realized like I started to like actually practice what I preach and I realized like, okay, people are not going to like me and it can be so many different things, personality conflict, jealousy, whatever it is, but I'm like working hard, doing my best and being kind. So if they don't like me, then I don't care. And it was only through Greek life that I was able to come to that conclusion that not everyone's going to like me. and I don't even want everyone to like me. But at the same time, like I had two miserable years of my four year college experience because of like feeling so ostracized and upset about Greek life. So it's so hard for me to actually decide if I think it was good that it made me stronger or if I was like, why the fuck am I so sad? I think it was both, honestly. Yeah, it is. I mean, it is both. So like, I don't know how to like give advice on whether you should stay in or not because like, I know so many people who experience so much pain in those situations. But I also, it's two things. It's both things at once. It's beautiful and it's terrible. And like, I don't know, like if Greek life didn't exist, like that's one thing, but it does. So it's like if we like abolished it, people are just going to find other ways. Well, it's just a system built on exclusion. They love to say like inclusion because it's like, oh, you're finding your family, you're finding your group. But it's like, think of all the people who didn't find a group or like didn't find a family. Like, you know, like, yeah. Or like, think about how like there are better groups and worse groups to join. Yes. Like what? (laughs) I'm actually like in the middle of this crossfire right now because I made a TikTok a month ago exposing the way that my sorority rushed because for whatever dumb reason, these rush chairs thought it was a good idea to send this really, really disgusting document with how we ranked girls to 300 of us through a university email as though somebody out of the 300 wasn't going to take something and run with it. So I just made a really silly TikTok, like exposing it, being like, guys, isn't this trash? And I didn't remove the name of my sorority. Daily Mail. Oh no. no. So I was like a little bit, you know, on anesthesia. They asked me, 
for the video. I didn't know what video they were even asking for. So I just said, sure, because I love exposure. Hour later, huge spread on Daily Mail. University of Michigan graduate exposes disgusting Sigma Kappa rush tactics. <gasps> I was shaken. I was like, oh my fucking God. And then people were contacting me, like get them to take it down. <gasps> and I was like, I was like, honestly, I went to journalism school. All I did was tell the truth. And if you guys are that concerned with the truth, then clearly you did something wrong. Taylor Swift always says, if you do something wrong, I'll write a song about you. Exactly. Wow, that's really crazy. I mean, that is the thing. Well, if, and, and so many of these practices, like tr- once you're like actually rushing and you're not like a rush e, you're rusher, and you realize the way that you like are categorizing these young women, talking about these young women, like it's it's really an insane thing. It's bad, and it's like. I don't understand why these girls are mad at me because also a Daily Mail article isn't shutting down your stupid chapter. Like, it's not. It can't. No, they're probably just going to have like standards sent in or like can't do a dance or something and like... Tap on the wrist. Like, there has been worse like exposés written about specifically Michigan sororities than this. And also like people are acting like I had this vendetta where I was like emailing the Daily Mail like, I was like doped up on Valium and anesthesia. They messaged and emailed me and they were like, can we have this video to put on our um, website? And I was like, sure. Cause I like, whatever. Then I clicked the link after I said, sure. Saw what it was. I was like, oh Christ. And then they put it on Snapchat, like huge spread. You should have gotten a bag from that. You should have told them to pay you. I really should have. Um, they actually thought they said the story did so well that they followed up for an interview. So I'm going to ask for the bag if they end up running that because honestly, like, yes, it's press and yes, I want that. And also, yes, like part of the work I've been trying to do is like kind of share these terrible tactics. But I also don't want to like make an en- make billions of enemies. Like that's not my goal <laughs> ever, ever. It's so crazy. There was some crazy shit. Like we didn't do, we didn't like haze or anything like that in my sorority. At least I don't think we did. Maybe I like suppressed it, but I, we didn't like haze or anything. I know a lot that did, you know, like it really is crazy. Like, so I can't give advice either way, stay or go. I think if your, your gut is telling you, you have mixed feelings, stick it out for the semester till the end of the year. And then if you want to start fresh at the beginning of the year, next year, begin fresh. Yeah, the stakes are so low also like you can like be affiliated and like go to a couple events and not like put all your eggs in that basket see how you feel about it and then if, if you still feel this way just leave and that's a really good point too like people very much feel like it's all or nothing like you're in or you're out and like you really don't have to do all or nothing with anything in your life you, you can know. always just like do a little bit of this and a little bit of that maybe i wish i i had maybe had fewer eggs in my sorority basket because then when I felt ostracized and I felt very like bullied I wouldn't have felt so alone driving around in my car because I had nowhere to go you know like yeah I I was just saying this um to someone about dating I was like you're allowed to make the choice at any time whether or not you want to keep seeing the person like this does not have to be like decide tonight before your second date with them I'm seeing them or I'm not like at any point you can decide that this isn't for me Like, you don't have to do it right now. Dude, my therapist says that to me all the time. I am such an all or nothing person. I have such a hard time with being like, I can just do a little bit. I can just take one step forward. I can just wash one dish. Like, if it's not everything, I feel like I can't do anything. And it's not always the best way to go about things. So, but you're right. At any point, you can just choose to not be part of it. It is low stakes. It's low stakes. You're going to be okay. (laughs) Oh, but I also know what it feels like to be in that position where like 
especially in college, especially in high school, your social situations feel so big. Like they feel so like in front of you, like right there, like the biggest thing in your life. It's really hard to separate from that and understand that you have a life outside of these organizations or these things. Yeah. It it can be so hard. I definitely resonate with that too, because I had the same sort of like anxieties when I was deciding to leave. Yeah. Because you feel like, I'll have no one or like, I'll be alone. But it's like when you're an adult, like your social life, it's just not like the biggest thing in your life. You like are able to separate from it a little bit. And so it's easier, I think, to have friends that are like real and genuine friends because you're not as worried about like optics or about like, oh, I have to be with these friends at this friend group at this party. It's like no one fucking cares. Yeah, no one cares. Literally nobody cares. Yeah, no one cares. So you're going to be okay, DMer promise you that and whatever you choose you're gonna have friends you're gonna have fun and enjoy college and it's such a good time and like you know just do what's gonna make you the happiest and help you to have the most like pain-free happy time because like that's what college is for good lasting experiences you don't need to be carrying like all this like angry bully trauma with you if that's how you feel Definitely, definitely don't. If I could go back, I think I would have told little me, like, just walk away. It's not worth it. Walk away. Your friends will still like you. (laughs) Do not put yourself through that. You do not need the years and years and thousands of dollars on therapy you're going to have to spend. Yep. But that said, you know, stay if you want to stay, go if you want to go. Like, it's nothing to do with me. Um, well, I think that's about all we have for today's episode. Um, but one more thing, of course, we have to do our song of the week. So my song, our vibe that I want to curate for the week is kind of like fun, dancey summer, but also comfortable and safe. And so the song is safe with me and it's Griffin. It's going to be a really fun one for us. And also that's how I always want you to feel with me. So that's our song from me. Okay. Mine is going to be the new Florence and the Machine song, My Love. Which just, it's such a good song. Like, it was such a good re entrance into, like, I feel like they haven't released a lot of music, but also, like, it's so springy. Like, it's about love, but, like, it's about self love, and I just love it. Everyone should love that. That's a great, that's a perfect pick. The spring is coming. I mean, it's disgusting outside today, but it's gonna be nice. It's gonna be nice. (laughs) We'll have to keep, like, telling ourselves that. One day, one day, one day. All right, Eli, where can they find you? You guys can find me on. TikTok at the jar with two R's. Instagram is just my first and last name. And then my podcast is called Miss Congeniality. And we're going to have to hang out for real in New York soon. No, I know because I just realized like we probably live so close. I don't know where you live actually, but (laughs) well, besties, that's another week. If you want to follow me on Instagram, you can. It's Ellie underscore schnitt. Twitter is holy underscore schnitt. Um, I have a TikTok, but like don't follow me there. I don't post anything (laughs) worthwhile on TikTok. And if you like Taylor Swift, you can listen to my Taylor Swift podcast with Spotify. It's called Taylor Talk. Just look it up. It's also live every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern time. So check that out. And I think that's everything. So as always, oh, thank you so much, Eli, for coming on and joining us. Hi, this is so fun. And as always, have a good day. Have a good night wherever you are, whatever you're doing. I hope it's a good one. And I will catch you on the next one. Bye. Late Night Drive with Ellie and Michaela is brought to you by BetterHelp. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. <laughs> Visit BetterHelp.com slash LND today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash L-N-D.